welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me uh, Mr. Gaurav Rastogi, a corporate yogi, to discuss the quantum discontinuity in the management style and leadership traits in the times when distraction and destruction are in play. Let me give you a quick introduction of Gaurav, our guest today. Uh, Gaurav Rastogi is the CEO of a future of work startup Infinote.com, which actually started after a long career in corporate world where he was driving sales transformation at an $8 billion software services company. He is an MBA from India's number one program, I am Ahmedabad, and he's also beyond a corporate employee or rather a leader, is author of two business books. He believes that future of work is going to be very different from the monolithic corporate models, which we've all seen and uh, we are familiar with. Companies will tap into distributed workforces that are shared with other companies and that as the employees, we will mix the work and learning in quick cycle. It will not be sequential. It will keep repeating itself. So on the unique side of Gaurav, he's also uh, the founder of a non-profit, Mantra Chakra Foundation, that promotes healthy living through meditation and yoga. He's a meditation teacher with advanced yoga credentials and has also authored one meditation ebook and a podcast on meditation called Living Meditations. He's available on iTunes and everywhere else for his publications on Living Meditation. Welcome, Gaurav. Hello, Mahesh. Welcome. Happy to be back here. Uh, so, Gaurav, in our past episodes, we have been discussing about leadership. Leadership in the age of distraction and destruction. In our last episode, we had a very wonderful discussion on this subject. We talked about how the old paradigms and time-tested concepts are being challenged. They are being destroyed and are being replaced by a very new thinking. Today, we'll focus on the major elements which are creating a change in the management and the leadership style. Uh, some of the major elements which we, which we see around us are the rise of new media, which has created new media stars. And some of them become new media stars overnight. Uh, and it has a different and a very direct way of communication. It is allowing instant communication between the communicator and the receiver. Receiver. And what it has provided beyond that is an open channel for communication both ways. And that too, that it can happen in full public glare. Everybody can see. And the general public or anybody can jump in and put their comments into it or participate in that communication. That's one. Second, which you see that the old playbooks, very successful playbooks, which were used by old and very successful companies, they are being replaced with new and innovative ideas. What it is doing to the environment is that new ideas have created a, a tremendous growth rate for those new ideas and the old and ever successful companies which had figured out their playbook, they are struggling to even catch up to those kind of growth rates. 
And beyond that, what's happening, which you could see, the new forms of power, there are new models of engagement, and there is an emerging new math. So in this environment, Gaurav, can you share with our listeners, what are the major change drivers you're seeing? That's an interesting question, Mahesh. Over the last few conversations, we've come to realize that uh, this is the age of destruction and distraction. Everything um, that we've learned, everything that people have built expertise over, a lot of those are, are being destroyed not at the periphery, which is always uh, happening, the new stuff being invented all the time, but at its core, where things that we hold, held to be true completely at the, as, as the basis for our, our education and, and our experience, those are turning upside down. And that destruction itself is um, is unsettling. Across um, last time we met, we talked about across many spheres of life. If you look at politics, you look at geopolitics, economics, business, education. Uh, each of these streams is being disrupted by uh, changes that are striking the the balance at its core, not at the periphery, and. Uh, and we spent some time talking about some of these uh, thoughts, right, which is uh, the old industrial age model, which had served us really well, of being able to do something well and do it at scale across time and distance. Uh, that uh, is is, uh, uh, is not working out. If you look at large companies that were designed to be command and control enterprises, you look at large economies that were designed to be command and control enterprises, uh, they're not quite working out as well. And so old mechanisms of control of organizations, of people, of ideas, of thoughts, of uh, you know, how people are trained and groomed, all those mechanisms of control are uh, are giving are, are breaking down. And in place is coming this hyperkinetic and chaotic uh, situation where uh, things are changing quickly. And uh, control is never to be assumed, and control is only temporary. You might have control over one thing and not over another, and so on. And and so a, a phrase that comes to mind in this situation is: Look, we are transitioning from a time where uh, we're transitioning from being control junkies to being chaos monkeys, uh, which, by the way, was the title of a book uh, that came out recently. It's a technical term that is co-opted into a book. But I, I think that represents uh, the change really well. Moving from being a control junkie, where as the leader of your enterprise, of your economy, of your country, or or your um, institution, your job was to make sure everything was under control. And now your job is really um, uh, not to be a control junkie, but to figure out how to thrive in all the chaos, not to not to keep the chaos out, but to dance right at the edge of chaos. And that uh, is an interesting transition in science. Yeah, that's brilliant. So basically, uh, you have to think through, are you a control junkie or a chaos monkey? Who are you? What's your management or leadership style? That's a big question to answer for leaders to do some introspection and do some reflection. So for being successful, what you are and what you need to be. Yeah, and, and now there's a switch back to, if you look at uh, the the strongman leadership model that we're seeing in many countries, for example, uh, it comes down to a leader who's more uh, confident of their own selves 
and does not need to go through focus group testing of their messaging and is, is relying more on their own in, intuitive uh, sense of, of what they need to say rather than being uh, being controlling and controlled by this uh, media around them. And that change you're seeing in, in every country around the world. You, you're looking at leaders who are taking their message directly to the people. You're looking at people, uh, leaders who are paying no attention to the so-called experts, either in the media or the academia, but really trying to figure out on their own what works and what doesn't. Because clearly every model of what works, that used to work, no longer works. So all that expertise that doesn't rely on um, being in the market and doing things and trying and failing and learning from that experience, any expertise that does not come from that type of um, experience is actually now book expertise. It's no longer current uh, and it's past its expiry date. And that, that really is what's happening in leaders across, uh, across the world. You're seeing this strong man who's able to manipulate people um, emotionally, but works very intuitively and so on. Uh, it's the same across corporate leaders as well, where corporate leaders are increasingly, at least in Silicon Valley, you're saying they're, um, they're more intuitive or they're at least trying to be more intuitive and responsive. Mark Zuckerberg just wrote a, a letter a few weeks ago saying, look, uh, we know what this, that something is broken with Facebook and we want to fix it. Now, which leader in the previous era would have admitted get, you know, large companies have come and gone where leaders have made really terrible mistakes but have not admitted guilt because, of course, they're afraid some lawyer will will uh, catch them. So a lot of this is, is very, the, the old control model uh, that existed is is giving way. And I like to summarize uh, you know, the changes that you, uh, that, that you were articulating a, a few minutes ago into five things. And uh, those five things are relatively easy to understand and remember uh, because uh, you can measure them on, on your one hand. So this is right here, one hand. And what we're going to do is count off uh, on our hand, which is the first thing is, look, uh, what's happening is the rise of new media, the light. And the, this you can count with your thumb, uh, which is the, the, the rise of a new kind of media and the decline in the power in um, old kind of media. And uh, what that means is, uh, uh, is that uh, you, you're no longer uh, going to TV experts or paper experts or anything. You're going to go directly to your people. And this is true for corporates as well as educational systems, as well as economies. You're not going to, um, to litigate something you know, in, in the back room. You're going to go out there in the field and talk to people. So rise of new media and also the mastery of a new skill. The thumb, of course, is, uh, is what separates the man from the monkey. And the opposable thumb allows us to hold things and grasp new things. And, and that grasping allows us to behave differently. So mastering new skills and the rise of new media are both things you can remember off your thumb. And that's, that's the first thing that, uh, that you need to remember. The second is the pointing finger. You will do this and you will do this. Now, the thing is, uh, the pointing finger was the core of the command and control economy, where uh, uh, the language of the old industrial revolution was that you figure out, here's a conveyor belt and you know, things come at a certain time and you screw that little uh, screw on and it goes to the next guy. So you break things down, you tell people exactly what to do and, and they do it. 
that model is no longer relevant. And so the pointing finger, this pointing finger of of management uh, has already uh, stopped working. There is a uh, companies have realized that uh, this over specialization is leading to fragility. And which means uh, if people only know what they're told to do and the moment uh, the environment changes, you haven't figured out what's changed. So people are still doing things the old way, haven't learned the new skills and it fails. So now we've got two fingers done. We've got the thumb, we got the pointing finger. The third is, of course, uh, I'm not going to show this uh, on video, but uh, the third is uh, the middle finger, which in, in most modern cultures is the sign of a, um, you know, the, it's the middle finger, the sign of, of new power and new forms of power. The ability to fail, uh, the ability to fail in, con you know, in contrast to the, the prevailing norms of society is a new form of power. The willingness to fail, the willingness to try new things and fail and to, to say, you know what, um, I'm going to show the middle finger to all, all those conventional wisdom types. That is a new form of power that, uh, that leaders have begun to wield. Today's, uh, the richest guy in the world today is, is Jeff Bezos, who, who for 20 years has defied uh, critics uh, by saying, look, I'm going to try things, I'm going to fail, and I'm willing to fail, and that's the reason I succeed in creating $10 billion businesses you know, repeatedly. It's because... I'm willing to fail. And that's a new form of power, which is, of course, the middle finger. Then we come down to this finger, the ring finger. Now, the ring finger is, of course, uh, about engagement. And really, the way to remember this is that this, these are new forms of engagement um, with your users, with your voters, with your students, with your population around you. There is a new form of engagement, whether it's uh, the rise of Khan Academy in education or MOOCs, or whether it's uh, Trump taking to Twitter or Narendra Modi in India uh, speaking directly to people. Um, all of these are, uh, of course, ways of engagement. But if you look at Silicon Valley and all the changes that Silicon Valley is bringing into every industry, every industry, we've talked about this earlier, has a hyphen tech counterpart. You look at hotel, now there's hotel tech. You look at finance, there's finance tech. You look at health, there's health tech. There's a hyphen tech counterpart to every conventional industry. And that hyphen tech counterpart is all about new models of engagement. Uber, uh, when Uber came out, uh, did not invent taxis, did not put spaceships into, sky, into the space, and uh, or did not put satellites into space, uh, did not uh, create credit cards. They didn't create any of the things that uh, they used. What they really created was this new way of engaging the guy who wanted a ride and the one the guy who could give a ride and bring them together. So allowing for these new ways of engagement and learning these new ways of engagement is uh, is uh, what you can remember in your ring finger. And finally, the pinky finger. This uh, this is interesting. In many cultures, when you say pinky promise, what you're saying is, look, if I don't meet this promise, you can chop my feet, my pinky off. So I I swear. You saying? I said that's a trust factor. Yeah, it, it's it's a trust factor, and so this uh, this trust and this the pinky finger is really about um, being able to cultivate belief, trust, like you say, and being able, of, of course, this is also number one, being able to understand a new kind of mathematics, the old mathematics of 
look, if I save 2% on 100, I have now, um, you know, uh, I, I got 98. Uh, uh, that kind of math, which works very linearly, does not work anymore. And, and a new kind of math must be learned where uh, we discussed this some time back. You know, one Steve Jobs and one Steve Wozniak are not two Steves. It's actually a company worth nearly a trillion dollars in market cap today. And that math has um, everything to do with the, the changes all around us, which is new stuff is being created and it cannot be uh, based on old kind of numbers or linear kind of numbers. Very nonlinear stuff is going on. So, so five fingers, five things to remember. First is uh, rise of new media. The second is uh, the old, the new old playbooks are changing. So the pointing finger. The third is, of course, the middle finger, which is a new forms of power. Fourth is uh, the engagement finger. And of course, this is new modes of engagement. And fifth is uh, uh, number one, a new kind of math and the ability to cultivate belief in yourself and in others in, in a future that has not yet come and it's not predicted um, using conventional means. That's a brilliant analogy. It covers almost everything which is causing uh, uh, the change and it's very easy to remember. You know, the, the easiest is if you can remember what's happening on your hand and it's part of your body. So really appreciate it, Gara. We'll take a short break and we'll continue this interesting discussion after the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Private equity firms have over $1 trillion to invest. They are the biggest funding source for growing companies. Why do they reject 98% of deals? How do you get the right deal for your company? Join Kevin Fechtmeyer and his partners on the Deal Team 6 to uncover the next winning deal and avoid the financial landmines. Deal Junkie, Cracking the Private Equity Code, is broadcast live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And uh, we are having a very interesting discussion with Garo Rastogi in California on who you are. Are you a control junkie or you have already become a chaos monkey to be successful in the transformation of businesses and leadership and management styles in the digital age? Garo, you gave a brilliant example of the five fingers, how to remember what's happening in the environment and how one must change. So I find it very simple to remember on the hand. Uh, I want to, to go with the first example you gave of a thumb, which is the new media. And uh, very impressive because new media is really playing havoc. If you see the new media seems to create an upheaval actually across all domains. Its impact is evident, quite evident, not only in business, but also in influence on elections even in the large democracies across the world. There's a direct communication happening. Businesses, day-to-day -day life, there are overnight celebrities on YouTube and other social medias. So uh, can you elaborate a little bit more about that, how it's becoming so powerful? Sure. Um, what's happening is um, that um, this new media uh, of social media and, and all the um, internet and smartphone-enabled communication, it's allowing for a more direct kind of access. Uh, previously, if, if uh, I needed to, if I'm a regular Joe uh, person and I need to hear what the, the CEO of my company says or what the, the you know, head of my country says or whatever, I read newspapers or books or articles uh, about them. So I, I ended up reading somebody else's mediated point of view, a newspaper, editorial, or what have you. Now I, I, I can listen to the editorial, I can watch something on TV and have a, listen to a point of view, and I can listen to that person directly uh, and, and see and judge for myself what my own opinion is. So in that sense, the media is being disintermediated. Right. Which is to say that uh, there's no more uh, sort of the, the, the opinion makers are not as as relevant as they used to be earlier, where, a, you know, a, a, a big columnist might have an opinion that people would pay attention to. Now there are people on Twitter and Facebook uh, who are also shaping opinion and in a far more direct sort of way. So what's happening is um, that there's a much more direct engagement at at scale that uh, politicians and leaders can have than they used to previously. Now, the other, of course, is if you're the CEO of the company or, or you know, a management in the company, you can send a single email to everyone or a voicemail or a video to everyone and talk to people directly, And which means that there is a, a, a more in, immediate conversation with uh, across the entire team that uh, wasn't really as much possible earlier. The, you know, in 5,000 years ago, you had to send out the, you know, the balladeers and singers to go out and, and make announcements. And now you could just send out a tweet and it, it works the same way. So more, much more direct, much more immediate and uh, a new kind of, of media for sure. The other part is um, uh, the flip side of that. We, we talked about that in the distraction part is this also means that there is a much more ability that people have to uh, distract us and to feed us and misinform us with fake news. 
and uh, and so as an individual uh, mastering this new media also means mastering yourself and making sure that you're not being overly swayed by your news bubble your filter bubble uh, that might be and you're paying attention to what other people are saying elsewhere as well so so that's one the other is individually uh, the skill that you need to have is is to recognize that whatever is urgent is not necessarily important and these new media you look at whatsapp forwards or twitter or, or you know things trending on facebook or whatever they might be urgent because that's the nature of that medium it gives you the sense that this thing is breaking news and the nuke is just headed from north korea to california right now as we speak that's not always happening in fact most of the times it's not not that urgent but the importance uh, that we give to it is is very high because everything is breaking news now it's 24 7365 sort of uh, situation so personally we have to learn to prepare ourselves to to not be pulled into this uh, this uh, um, pattern of this forever news cycle and forever keeping track of whatever is trending it's useless because the world is not changing that quickly that it trends from you know hour to hour so both things as a leader learning to handle the immediacy of this new media and as a regular job to be able to handle the um, the immediacy of everything and being able to sort of prepare yourself accordingly don't let don't let yourself be swayed by <clears throat> by the the fast moving news cycle that's uh, happening all around correct correct and as the leaders on, on on the other end business as well as political they are using it for instant impact <laughs> the, the right away communication and changing the tone of discussion happening across the world by just one tweet and and no intermediary yeah. there is just a straight from the horse's mouth the leader has said it so that triggers a chain of communication there so that can be used if you want to create a positive impact on that and uh, and there are a lot of social media heroes coming up with uh, becoming celebrities overnight that, so that's the power of new media which you said so gara if you look at the next finger so uh, i was very intrigued with that because that's very interesting the new forms of power uh i would say sorry before that uh, the playbooks the old playbooks the way they are getting challenged that's very interesting which you can see in the environment today how the existing large corporation which was which was supposed to be uh, uh the the yardsticks of success with their playbooks and they were so famous they are struggling to achieve even close to the growth profile of the new innovative startups or the new entrepreneurs coming up and thinking very different and growing fast yeah uh that's interesting what's happening is in the 80s and 90s there was a, a a culture of of the company way in quotes by that what what's meant is there were these books i'm sure you you have a few of those yourself i do which is you know the toyota way the mckinsey way the hp way the xerox way or this company's way and that company's way and these were not just puff pieces written uh, by pr people these were serious books written by serious academics and and uh, and authors on how these companies were successful because they have a way of doing things and that way is uh, the reason for their success and it's true their way was 
absolutely the reason for their success because the world wasn't changing that fast. And so you could learn to do things one way. And an entire generation of management, 20 years to 30 years of being, you know, rising from the, the bottom of the, the sort of the organization pyramid to the top, in that time, you could learn to learn the way, master the way, and then direct other people to follow the way all through this one uh, career journey. That used to work. The problem is now you look at the same companies and you wonder what happened. Did they lose their way or does the way no longer work? And the answer is the way no longer works. It's not that they're not following their playbook adequately from the 1980s. It's that the playbooks are no longer working because they were designed for a world that isn't changing fast. They're designed for a world where consistency and and looking alike and thinking alike was was valued. And today is a world where uh, that doesn't pay because you don't know where the change is coming from. And to understand the direction and language of that change, you need to be able to absorb and understand, right? Which means you can't have people who look and think alike uh, because they're not looking here and there where the change might be coming from. So having a diversity of opinion, having a diversity of experiences, Having a diversity of styles is now valued more and should be valued more than having just one single style of doing things. And, and that's really what's happening uh, uh, to the old playbooks, the old maths, the old language of the industrial revolution of doing the same thing at scale, the conveyor belt, any car, any color, as long as it is black, that sort of style of thinking, that um, that's no longer working. And, uh, and that's why um, you need to learn all these new tricks. I think this is a brilliant example. What I picked up from you, is, as you were explaining, the rate of change. See, the rate of change is, has created so much of havoc. So basically, in the past, those companies were on to the consistency. And, uh, you know, inertia everybody likes if they don't have to change. And, and likability and repeatability and being in zone of comfort in what you are doing. So you put the process in place and even you promoted mediocrity by letting them give the repeatability of the same process. Don't use your innovative mind too much because this process is successful. But as the rate of change started accelerating, the rate of change in those processes to catch up it failed. They were slower than that. And the environment, the rate of change in the environment in a way became way, way faster than what they could change their processes or system or drive it. Well, that's brilliant. And and also the other change, as you had mentioned last time in, in our last show, was the leaders were scared of failures. Today, they take pride in announcing the failures and their past failures and telling the learnings and even telling that in future they will fail. You gave a very good example of Amazon in, in our last uh, episode. So, uh, Gaurav, we'll take a short break here and we'll continue our discussion on our analogy of the hand after the break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back. Uh, you are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Yoshi, and uh, we are having uh, a very intriguing discussion with uh, Mr. Gaurav Rastogi on who you are. Are you a chaos monkey or a control junkie? How you are changing your own style of managing or leader <clears throat> leading, whether you are a political leader uh, or you are a businessman leading an organization or subsections of organization. Very interesting discussion. So Garo, let's go to uh, the next finger, I think, which is which we're going to talk about the new forms of power in the digital age. Just before that, I just wanted to share with our listeners that uh, uh, we have been uh, running this show for quite a while in global business and uh, the episodes have been converted into a book also called Global Business. It's being published by uh, Oxford University Press. It's available now on Amazon and also on Oxford University Press OUP. You can find it OUP UK or OUP USA. So Gaurav, coming back to our discussion today, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on what are the new forms of power in the digital age? Sure. So to recap, we're, we're looking at uh, what the changes are all around and trying to remember them through one hand. And we've looked at the new forms of media, a new media, the rise of new media, uh, the changes in the old playbook of the pointing finger. And now we're up to the, the, the third finger, which is, of course, the middle finger. Uh, which, is which, is, uh, the, which is challenging the old form of power. It's creating new forms of power. Which is absolutely, which is absolutely challenging the old forms of power. And the, the, the most interesting way that, uh, that it's challenging the old form of power is the personal willingness to fail. The power to fail and the power to learn from failure, bouncing back up and doing something else 
is extremely important in the chaos monkey phase of uh, the world, which is because there's so much chaos all around us, things are changing repeat, uh, quickly. You can't say, I don't want to fail and expect to succeed because you're going to have to try new things, build a new intuition repeatedly, after thing, you know, event after event. Learn to try to do things, and if they fail, it's all right. There's no cost, psychic, emotional cost to you of failure. You just move on to trying something else until it works. This is a new kind of power, and this is a new form of power that hasn't been uh, tried uh, in the previous industrial revolution, which is the willingness to venture out into the unknown, the willingness to try new things, and the willingness to to fail with an object, and just recognizing that it's not a personal failure. Uh, and this is the old Thomas Edison thing where he said, look, uh, and there was this mad rush. This is the way I remember the story. Uh, the, he wasn't the only guy who was trying to invent a light bulb. There were quite a few other inventors who were working on it. He tries, you know, one type of, uh, of uh, filament, it doesn't work. He tries another kind of vacuum, it doesn't work. He tries another kind of glass, it doesn't work. And so people say, hey, what the heck, Thomas, what are you doing? He says, look, I've failed 999 times, but really I have found 999 ways of not building a bulb. And that's great because now I know when it works. I know the reason it works and the 999 reasons it, it didn't work the previous few times. Every failure is data. Every failure is, an, is a way of improving and trying something else. And so having that attitude and not saying, hey, I tried two times, I didn't invent a light bulb, there must be something wrong with me. No, you have to, to learn to say, you know what, I don't care about failing because every failure is a learning. And because I'm paying for my learning through this failure, it's okay because ultimately I'll get to a thing that, that will succeed and will succeed uh, in teaching me how to work in this new world. We talked about Amazon uh, the other time, uh, a couple of times actually, and Jeff Bezos in his letter to the shareholders a couple of years ago said the same thing. So, you know, the Fire Phone had failed, and so people said, hey, you know, how are you going to make sure failures don't happen? Which is classic in the old thinking, right? Hey, you failed, and you should say sorry that you failed, and own up. And he said, no, well, yeah, I failed on that. I failed on that, and in fact, I have bigger, 100 times more uh, complex failures lined up uh, right behind it because the only reason we can make successful products is that we are trying and failing and our willingness to engage with failure in a positive way allows us to succeed uh, in, a, in a big way. So this is a new form of power and personally not just as leaders but as, as just average people personally the willingness to step out into the outside of the comfort zone what you're talking about because you know normally with humans with human beings the the, uh, the the pain of of failure is way more than the pleasure of the gain so they try to gravitate towards safe environment and this is an extreme example and and this I won't say extreme because this is example being proven again and again right by the, by the the startups, the innovative companies, the entrepreneurs, that they have overcome that mindset of the fear of, uh, you know, loss is greater than the pleasure of gain. So that that's amazing. Yeah. So that's that's one power which you have to build in yourself. 
So I agree with you, this, uh, there are new forms of power. Now moving on next, the new models of engagement, the ring finger. Can you talk about that, Gaur? Sure. All right. So the ring finger, <clears throat> this is of course here, is, is about engagement. And engagement is all about how do you engage your consumers, your users, your voters, your, uh, your employees. How do you engage people in new ways and, and in more interesting ways? and in more endearing and more uh, satisfying ways. And, and really, all of Silicon Valley disruption is this, which is the ability to, um, to have a sympathetic insight into the user's mind and giving them experiences that make their life easier or simpler. So you, you know how with your smartphone you can now take a photo of your bank check and, uh, and it's uploaded to your bank account? That's a, a that's an example of this sort of engagement where you didn't need to go to a bank to deposit a check. You know what a check looks like. You have a photo of the check, and really the risk to the bank is not that high. But the advantage is you have much better customer experience. So the old bureaucratic way of hey you have to sign it in triplicate and you have to go to this this office and that office. You and I might remember that from our childhood. The bureaucracy the bureaucratic um, mindset. Of, of checks and balances and checks makes for a really poor user interface. And, and this, that's the counter to what's happening now, which is people want simpler experiences, more intuitive experiences. And now um, e governments, education institutions, companies, startups, everyone must try to figure out these new ways of engaging. Um, and so much more intuitive design much more seamless digital uh, experiences and much smarter use of data that you already have. It amazes me, you know, and even now when I call into a bank and three calls, three call center uh, sort of reps later, they still want to know my, my, my account number and my social security number. It, why are your, your, why is your system not integrated? Why is it bothering? I mean, you should already know why I'm calling you because uh, your system's thrown up a, a you know a, a checklist. So all of these are new ways of engagement, and 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 this is a truism, of course. But but um, users vote with their thumbs, which is uh, you know people just gravitate towards the more more interesting experiences or simpler experiences, and so they'll take their business in that direction. Wonderful, uh, Gaurav. We will now take a short break, and we'll continue our discussion after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, 
Where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Uh, you're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We're having a discussion with uh, Mr. Gaurav Rastogi today about who you are. What, what's your leadership style? What's your management style? And what you need to be? Are you a case monkey or you're a control junkie? And uh, as I, I mentioned in the earlier segment also, most of the programs on uh, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi have been converted into a book called Global Business is being published by Oxford University Press. And if you want to read about all, all the elements of global business, you can buy it on Amazon.com or on the Oxford University Press, which is OUP. So, Gaurav, let's uh, move on to our discussion. Now, we are at uh, the last finger in your analogy of fingers about the new math, uh, a new belief. That's right, yeah. So this is the last finger, which is the pinky finger. This finger, of course, is number one. And also, uh, it, it represents uh, trust and promises. And that's what the uh, the last change is all about, which is uh, understanding a new kind of math, uh, where uh, the conventional math of um, of, of saving and of, of uh, projections that companies have used, that that uh, that people have used in, in politics and economics, that math is not enough. And you need to now augment this with a new kind of math, which is non-linear. It has uh, a new, different effects on um, on how the world works. So, for example, if you're if you're doing a new startup or if you're taking a new idea in your company to market. Uh, don't think of linear effects. Think of non-linear, second-order effects, and third-order effects that might happen. And um, and learning to understand that uh, engaging people and engaging them in new ways can create outsized outcomes and not just uh, routine outcomes. If people are engaged and enthusiastic about your product, then uh, they're going to tell other people who are going to use it and they're going to tell other people. And that's how uh, uh, Facebook paid, what, $19 billion for WhatsApp, which wasn't a company of more than, what, 15, 20 engineers at the time. The point of which is simply uh, it's not 
it's not how many headcount you have or how many resources you've used or how many barrels of oil you're pulling out of the earth. It's, um, it's how many people can you touch? How can you engage them? How can you uh, make them engage more enthusiastically with your product and be able to uh, invite other people in? It's the same kind of math that politicians are using now. Uh, unfortunately, they use more of the outrage math, but it's the same thing, which is how can you reach more and more people using a nonlinear kind of mathematics, very different from uh, usual uh, kind of mathematics. The other is uh, the ability to cultivate belief is very important. Uh, now, when you're driving change, uh, you have to tell people where you're going. And so, for example, if John F. Kennedy said that by the end of a decade, we're going to put a man on the moon, it's a very precise, very specific target. And uh, and people now know what it means to go to the moon and can imagine uh, things that would lead up to uh, the U.S. putting a man on the moon, right? Uh, that belief, for creating a distinctly clear belief in yourself and in your audience is an important part of a leader's job. And the ability to cultivate belief itself is an ability that you need to have for yourself and for others. Because it turns out in the 1960s, maybe it was enough to send a man to the moon. Now Elon Musk wants to send a guy to Mars uh, and uh, wants to put you know, a boring machine under, under, uh, you know, under the, the earth and put hyperloops all around. I mean, you, you have to be you have to learn how to cultivate your own belief and the belief of others in a future that has not yet come. And that, um, that skill is a new kind of skill for most people uh, because, uh, you know, you didn't need that sort of very dynamic kinetic leadership for a long time in the recent history because the momentum of society was taking going in a particular direction and you just had to come along and and just move people along uh, that direction. Correct. And if you look at it, that, that's, that's a brilliant point, and it links back to one of our earlier points, uh, that the rate of change. See, governments used to decide, and the most resourceful were the states, to go to the moon. Now, here is, is a company. That's a huge chain, change which is deciding, I want to go to Mars. And, 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 and that's the quantum of change. That's a... A, a, a massive change in the thought process of people, uh, again, linked to the failure also. He's not scared of failure. Yeah, interestingly, when SpaceX was launching their new Falcon rockets, right, this was a, a few weeks ago, he said the chances of failure are 50%, and that's just, it's just going to happen. So chances are it will go up and blow off, and, you know, and you see it all uh, blowing up in the sky, and that's completely acceptable. Amazing. Now, the other part is also this cultivating belief and a new kind of math is people want proof. And when the when things were moving slowly, proof was available. So why should I do this? Because it does, you know, it has this sort of result. Prove it. Well, here I've done it for the last five years. This is how I've done it. And so I can do it for a sixth year and a seventh year and so on, right? Now, when you're trying to get people to do new things and they want proof, you don't have proof until you've done it. And even if you've done it, you've probably failed at it the first time around. So how do you get people to buy into your vision without there being proof of having done this successfully for a certain number of cycles? 
that is is the, the ability to cultivate belief. And that's what, of course, um, Steve Jobs was famous for, right? Which is um, he had this reality distortion field around him. And if you entered his, you know, his circle, then you would also begin to see the world differently. That's the power that a leader has over people around them by influencing their capacity to imagine a future that they cannot yet see. Yes. And that's what is causing yes. that massive rate of change. So, uh, so Gaurav, we are coming to the end of our program. So what I hear you say is, it's not that difficult for leaders. You can just count on your hand what you need to do correct. Probably the basics you will do right. And you can start with remembering that there's a rise of new media. So you got to mastery um, or master a new skill. The old playbooks are going away. So, so you have to do it differently. And then the new forms of power. And in these new forms of power, people are not worried about you know, what happens to the failure, they're moving ahead. If you move to the ring finger, you see there are new models of engagement. And, and, and then if you go to the last pinky, it, it tells you that there's a new math, cultivate a new belief and go with it. So uh, thank you, Gaurav, and uh, uh, like to have you provide a closing statement, then we can uh, be at the end of our program. Yeah, you can count the change um, on your hands. The rise of new media is your thumb. Uh, the uh, the changes in the old playbook and the pointing finger uh, is the second finger is the pointing finger. Uh, new forms of power is the middle finger. Uh, new modes of engagement is the ring finger. And of course, cultivating belief and a new kind of math is the pinky. And now on your hand, you can now summarize all the changes that are happening around and inside, and and those that you need to now consider as a leader and as a uh, regular member of society. Well, thank you so much, Gaurav. It has been a very interesting discussion. You simplified it so well for all, all the leaders to look at it from a very different perspective and, and not very complicated math. It's a new math, but you can find on your five fingers, easy to remember, which each finger stands for. So thank you so much. Very handy, isn't it? Yes, it is. Thanks.